You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Those of us in here, we can just pray in the spirit for a bit before we get into the next session. Well, we are in the next session, so let's pray. Just pray in the spirit for a bit. And if you cannot pray in the spirit, just speak to the Lord and just ask him to speak to you, to do the work that he's purposed to do through this meeting, through this gathering. This meeting is a game changer for marriages. It is a game changer. And so you need to position yourself this morning. You need to be ready for something definite to happen in your marriage. So come on, let us pray. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mali brande sundoriando yarababa. Jeke dele brande lebe sundoriando yarababa. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the real power couple. Kalibrada shundo. Thank you for what you intend to do in this place. Thank you, O oh God, for the spirit of revelation. Thank you for your spirit hovering, moving upon us this morning in this place. We give you thanks. We give you praise. I just ask that everyone here will be open, hungry, ready to receive what will transform their marriages, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Father, that anyone who is thirsty will come and will drink. Any marriage that is thirsty will come and drink. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let it indeed be a game changer. Amen. 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 Ah, what an awesome session one we had. Glory to God. Thank you, Elder Emmanuel, Elder Dr. Emmanuel. <laughs> Thank you for that. And of course, our beautiful, his beautiful bride, my beautiful sister. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is incredible. I'm so blessed by this, this morning because, you know, when the Lord speaks a definite word to you, when he speaks a word, you know it's because there's something he needs to do with that word. Amen. I used to say to the prevailing women, I said, when God calls us prevailing women, it means that is what we should be characterized that way. Amen. Everything about us should prevail, isn't it? And so when he's saying the real power couple, this is, look, what the Lord spoke to us about. The real power couple. Then it means there's something there. And what is it that is there? If the real power couple, like uh, has been said already, is a kingdom couple. And when God begins to show you that you are supposed to be a kingdom couple, it means there are people who are actually not kingdom couples. Yeah? But we are couples, all right. We are married, but we're not kingdom. Like Pastor Eric had told us once, he said, the fact that, he says, a kingdom business is different from a Christian in business, right? 
Same way, same thing he says. A, a kingdom marriage is different from just any Christian who is in marriage. What makes the difference when you're a kingdom couple, when you're a couple that, you know, you, you are living your lives, you, you are together for the purpose of the kingdom, then you are people on assignment, amen. You don't see your marriage as, oh, I looked at this lady, she is beautiful. Oh, Lesako, she's, uh, you know, Modise, when you saw Lesako, you say, I'm going, she's going to give me beautiful children. You see how her body, you know, she's just fair. So if I marry this woman, our children. But that is marriage. Someone else who marry, always took and say, oh, fairs, oh, trophy, trophy wife. Some, someone else can say, you know what, if I marry this one, she, she, she's going to lower my standard. So, for that reason, I'm not going to marry this one. I'm looking at that one because I love the way she dresses. She, she's, you know, we're going to be at power. You know, when I wear my designer suit and she wears that dress, we will be a power couple. When, when, when we walk, they know a power couple has come. But that's not a kingdom couple. A kingdom couple. They're a couple that, you know, you have your mission statement. and <laughs> Amen. People who, before you come together, you're saying, why are we coming together? You did not come together. To, oh, I just love you. When I see you, there's a way, there's something that moves in my, in my belly. Elder, Elder Emmanuel said, is how many? 18 is over. Something moves in my belly. The butterflies will fly. But when you know that you're coming together, it's for a reason. And not just the reason of, okay, uh, I just want a companion just for a companion. But we're coming together because there is something I know we can bring. Both of us coming together can do in the advancement of the kingdom. I want to almost move you away from all the other lovey-dovey things. Excuse me. I hope you understand. Because, you know, we can do a lot of that. In marriage seminars, we can do a lot of, okay, so you kiss each other. You hold, we can do that. We know, excuse me. Nobody is in your house with you. We know what you do. <laughs> yeah. So we don't need to coach you on that. You know those things. But... But if you do not know the purpose of a thing, isn't that what Miles Monroe said? Abuse is inevitable. So when you don't realize that you are a kingdom couple, you are together for a reason. A reason other than you can tolerate each other. A reason beyond, oh, I cannot live without this person. If you do not know that you came together because there's something God has put in your husband and God has put in you, and when you come together, you can drive the devil out of town. If you don't realize that, you will just be playing around and say you're doing marriage so that and when you're doing that, and the slightest thing, the slightest thing that comes your way, you're going to say, I'm not doing again. You are not doing because you don't know why you are together in the first place. You don't know that you are together for the purpose of the kingdom. 
for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God. Yes, there's love. All of God is love, so he expects love. There's romance. There's all of those things. Ah, you guys have heard many stories about Pastor and I when we were in courtship. <laughs> if you are in every nation, you have heard. <laughs> I remember for this guy, when we met and when he knew, when we knew that, look, we're for each other, right? He wasn't like doing, ah, because I love you, I cannot live without you. So he can live without me. Well, he could then. He probably still can. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I say, you know, I can't live without that. No, that wasn't it. This man sat me down. He says, um, you know, God has called me. This is what God has called me to do. And God, whoever God brings to me, which is me, yours truly, that person also should be ready to say, let's go. That person should also say, the things of the kingdom, they're a priority. Um, excuse me, I, I don't, you don't have to be a pastor to be a kingdom couple. So don't think because, oh, these are two pastors, they are definitely a kingdom couple, the real power couple. No. Every single couple here, there is something you are supposed to be doing. There is something you are supposed to be adding. There is something you are supposed to be advancing the kingdom together. Together. And that's who the real power couple is. Because you see, you cannot have the kingdom of God without the power of God present. And so, if you are a kingdom couple, that means you are operating in power. That means when the enemy comes into your home, you don't just look at him, you know, ordinary, ah, is this, this man again? No, you see the enemy that has come in. You see the one who has come in. And instead of uh, husband siding with the devil or wife, because you know we do that. Whenever you are not siding with your partner, you are siding with the adversary. And so you come, the enemy comes in, instead of you as a kingdom couple to say, no, this place, this is, the kingdom of heaven is here. This territory does not accommodate the lies of the enemy. It doesn't accommodate everything the enemy is bringing. You have to get up and say, it does not accommodate. So as a kingdom couple, you exercise your power. You exercise your power. Now your power should be exercised in every area. Power is not only exercised, uh, maybe if there's sickness in the house. Yes, that is good. But power, whatever requires power in your life. Whatever. Even if it is the power to rise up and go and say, I'm sorry. Did you know you require some power to do that sometimes? I know that is humility, but I'm saying that if you're a kingdom person and you're carrying power, that power should propel you to be able to go and say, uh, I'm sorry, you know what, we're on the same side here. We're on the same side. Okay, I'm running ahead of myself. 
A kingdom couple is a couple on assignment. Amen. Now, if I ask you to turn to your spouse and say, what are we here for? Are you going to be able to answer? If I ask you to just ask your wife, what, what's our purpose? What's the mission? Why are we staying together? Are you going to be able to answer it? Are you going to say, ah, it's just because I love you. Just because I love you. Just because I love you. Have you not seen the people who loved that could move everything for that same spouse? And tomorrow they saw that uh, in a dream, she's a witch. <laughs> but when they started, <laughs> the love was woo. <laughs> All of a sudden, that same person you love with everything, you've received something else. It is the purpose we have as a couple that keeps us going. Even when I want to like squeeze, because I know I'm the only one, you know. Elder Emmanuel is not like that. He just looks at his wife like, oh, wow. Oh, my wife. Oh, she's wonderful. No, sometimes I just want to squeeze this one. Yeah. Maybe, am I alone here? Oh, I don't know. Hey, sometimes that's how I feel. But you know what keeps me? Our purpose. There's a purpose we have. Do you think there are no times when I'm angry with him? Maybe even on a Sunday morning. Excuse me, those of you that minister, I like how they're responding because they know what it's like to come on the keyboard or to hold a microphone and they're like, hmm, Jesus, the way I'm feeling about this woman. Now, I want, I want you to know that there are people, there are ministers like you. That quarreled with their husbands. And the man came up to preach. And he's shouting, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the wife is like, what are you praising God for? <laughs> and she's like, what, what, what are you? What is the praise the Lord? And, you know, interrupting him every time. Guess what? That's a, a Christian a, a couple that I just married. They're not a kingdom couple. Because if you're a kingdom couple, everything you're feeling, you put it aside. You throw it aside. In fact, it's best for you if you're really a kingdom couple, before you get there, you say, just because. Just because we have an assignment. Just because we need to advance the kingdom. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you know I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just because. Just because of the purpose of God, because of the purpose of God, you set aside certain things. If you are not able to put things to the side, to put some feelings, to put, you know, because you are not always feeling fantastic about each other. Ah, I don't care how you pretend. 
You are not, we're all couples here. We can speak honestly. I don't care how you can pretend, but there are times you are annoyed because those things happen. There are times you are not, but whatever you are doing, you ask yourself, is what I'm about to do going to impact negatively on the kingdom? Is my next step going to impact negatively on the kingdom? Is what I'm about to do, is it going to abort what God has called us to do? If it is, then you repent and you say, I know why I'm here. I'm in this marriage, not because I don't love you or, or, or you know, I, I love you very much, but I'm in this marriage because of the kingdom, because of what God has called us to do. The first kingdom power couple you will see is Adam and Eve. Go look Genesis 1, Genesis 2. They were the first power couple. Because the Lord said to them, can we go? Hallelujah. Let's just quickly. Wow. Genesis 1, 26 says, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I'm going to stop here first. Let us make man in our image. So God made man in his what? image. Can God make a weak person? God who is all powerful. He makes you in his image. That already qualifies you as power. And then he says, according to our likeness, let them, hallelujah, let them have dominion. Can you have dominion without, if you're not a power person? Now, so when God has made you in his image, made man, made woman, made both of you in his image, brought you together. He says, have dominion. Have dominion. In other words, take authority. Take charge. Know your assignment. Know your responsibility. Amen. Know your responsibility, your responsibility, you're supposed to take dominion. You should get into a place and decide that the kingdom of God is here. Why? Because a kingdom couple have arrived. Have dominion. If you are a kingdom couple and you do not have power and you do not have dominion, I don't know what kind of couple you are. If you continue to read in, in, you know, Genesis, I'm sure you go to chapter 2, 2 and all, after God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And he says, I'll make him a helpmate, suitable for him. And the next thing, he started bringing animals, isn't it? He started animals. He said, I'll make him a helpmate. And he brings animals, brings animals, and he says, let begin to name them. And, and the Bible says God was watching to see what he would call them. God was watching to see if he was going to say, ooh, lion, bone of my bone, <laughs> flesh of my flesh. He looked and he looked and he looked and he did not find any comparable to him. Um, excuse me. Uh, husbands, you looked 
And you saw many sisters, right? They are not animals, but they were. They're no. But you saw them and they were not comparable. Why were they not comparable to you? Because there's something in you that had to resonate with what is in her for the advancement of the kingdom. That is why if, when you marry wrong, you will know. When you marry someone who does not even, kingdom of what? Please, I'm just a Christian. Just leave me as it is. So, guys, you looked, you looked, you were looking. Different ladies were showing, instructing, and, you know. And then, Pastor Ryan saw Jessica. And this guy had seen many women before. Yeah? No, I'm not saying, I, you can answer confident. I didn't say you dated them. <laughs> I just said you've seen them with your eyes. You saw them moving around. You saw them, but... For, for you, there was none comparable. Hmm. Then you saw Pastor Jessica. And you were like, mm, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, this one I can do kingdom with. All the other ones you saw, you could not do kingdom with them. Adam could not take dominion with the animals he's supposed to dominate. He had to take it easy and say, I've not seen yet. And God saw, mm, this guy has seen, and then he brought the woman. So I want to announce to you, first and foremost, every single couple sitting here, your wife is the bone of your bone and the flesh of your flesh. I want to announce to you, that you have finished looking. You know how pastor says, when he's preaching, when pastor is preaching and he says something that, mm, he says to us what? Look straight. <laughs> Look straight. So I want to tell every husband, start looking straight. Don't look to the left or to the right. Look straight. Why? Because you have already found the bone of your bone and the flesh of your flesh. Now, here's the thing. If you do not know, if you do not know that, you know, your, your marriage is supposed to be kingdom, you are, there's no condemnation for you. That's why we're having this meeting. There's no condemnation. It's for you now to say, okay, I'm a kingdom person. Our marriage is supposed to be kingdom. How do we... How do we live? How do we function together? Pastor Ricky is still going to come up just to, you know, tag team with me. But if I can say a couple of things before I hand over to him. I want to say, first of all, husbands especially. I hope you don't mind that I'm talking to you. Hey? You don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I just want you to know it doesn't matter. <laughs> When you are a kingdom couple, you don't do life alone. Listen, you don't do things alone. You don't exclude your wife. I thought the wives would say amen. amen. 
Maybe you don't have that issue, but I'm telling you, when you are a kingdom couple, then you are a couple for real. That means you don't exclude each other. That means you make sure you're on the same page. If you are struggling, let her know. Don't be quiet. Because one will put to flight a thousand. And two of you, ten thousand. It is saying to you that your impact, your effectiveness together is way beyond your imagination. Stop hiding things and saying, I didn't want to disturb you about it. You're going to be Elijah. Go look at Elijah. First Kings 19. Elijah, after the great work he did, and I know he's not a married man, but let's use him. After the powerful, you saw the powerful thing, you know, prophets of Baal did mighty things, wonders. And then after that, what happened? He was alone. Alone. After the exploits, he went and says, I want to die because Jezebel was after him, isn't it? I want to die. I want to die. There's some of you at work. There's someone that is harassing and bothering you. You don't tell your wife. You don't say, let us pray. Because I understand, because men here will say to me, I don't, you know, my wife can be a bit over emotional. And you, you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you know, there are things my, even my children didn't used to tell me when something happens. If someone says something, they don't tell me why, because they know. Ah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Mama bear on the loose. <laughs> I go. So when they don't want their mother to, you know, they won't tell me. Or they'll say, Mom, I didn't want to tell you because I knew you were going to, you know. So I know sometimes maybe that happens with guys. But I'm speaking about how powerful it is as a kingdom power couple. When you can come together and say, let us agree. This is tormenting me. Let us agree. There is a Jezebel. Yeah. There's a Jezebel that we both need to dethrone. There's a Jezebel we need to run out of town. Instead of you to come to your partner and to say there's this Jezebel, you decide I'm going to handle Jezebel alone. I want to handle, I have power to handle Jezebel. Look, now if you notice I've moved from Elijah, I'll come back to him. I want to handle Jezebel alone. You don't know that Jezebel will handle you. Eat you up. Eh? Paul. <laughs> Jezebel. What she can do to you. Why? Because you are hiding what you should not hide. Elijah said, I'm, I'm, I'm alone. He's crying. I'm alone. I want to see if I can get. I'm alone. I'm alone. Are you crying that you're alone? Glory to God. I want to locate something here. Give me a few minutes. All right. 19. Let's look at verse 14. 
after the Lord came, you know, earthquake, fire, and then a still small voice. Verse 1 says, and he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go return to the, uh, on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Verse 17 says, and it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Hallelujah. Anybody who escapes Uba's sword, Eric will finish. That's why you should be a power couple. If you were able, because you're there, you're oh, I'm feeling alone, alone. That's why Jezebel is going to finish you. And this guy felt, I'm all alone. But the Lord was showing him, you're not really alone. Can you hook up with the right people? In your case, you have already hooked up with the right person. And so when you are in trouble, when there's something, anything, any situation that seems to be a little over your head, I promise you do not go past both of you. If you're a power couple. If you bring it together. If you come together and say, listen, this is what we need to deal with. Look, you overcome. If you rise up and together you say, this is what God is asking us to do. Let us go together. Let us go and do it. You're going to achieve greatly. Elijah was a powerful man. He was powerful. You saw what he did. Yet, there was stuff he could not do alone. So thank you, woman of God. You are very powerful, but you cannot do it alone. Thank you, a great man, men of steel. Who? You are powerful, but you cannot do it alone. You need both of you to be that power couple. And as you are a power couple, listen, if you look in Genesis after everything, the serpent came in. And when he came in, what was he looking for? He was looking for the weakest link in the power couple. He had studied them. And he knew, ah, Adam is not the one to go to. I can see, even though he went to Eve, but Adam was there because he knows if I get Eve, I will get Adam. Hey, may you not be that wife. (laughs) May you not be that one that the enemy will say, once I get her, I got him. No, instead, let it be once I come in, they will both crush my head. That's what a power couple does. They will both crush my head. When when I begin to sneak in and begin to lie to them, they will recognize my lies. When I begin to say, I had a dream that you did this and you did that, they will recognize, you will know, "Mm, but that dream is not from God. Because there are people, there are couples who are not together because the woman had a dream. Or the man had a dream. Or the woman dreamt, I saw one sister that was just standing in the corner by the man and she's trying to describe the image to the man. And the man said, I don't know her. (laughs) I don't know the lady. He says, no, you know the lady. You know her. I saw her. He says, well, how? I saw this lady. But when you begin to recognize, amen, when you begin to recognize that these are things the enemy is bringing in, 
to what? Separate. Because your effectiveness, your effectiveness will be completely, look, you will not be as effective as you should be. When Satan starts fighting your marriage, you better know why. You better know why. And both of you, you stand together on the same side and say, listen, we are here for a reason. And we see you, Satan. Don't be the weakest link. Don't be the one that he can easily manipulate. Don't be the one he can come through. And uh, excuse me, it is not just the woman that can be the weak link. The man can also be the weak link. Don't be the one the enemy will and, you know, just come in nicely into your marriage. When he comes in there, he comes to destroy. When he destroys, it is not just destroying, oh, there's no more Mr. and Mrs. Omokoro or whatever. No, he's coming to destroy so that where you were going as a couple for the kingdom, it stops there. It stops there. The real power couple, a kingdom couple, who walk in power, who are able to recognize what the enemy is doing. They are not the ones that walk and follow the path, the counsel of the ungodly. I, I, I need to repeat that. Just go back and read someone because pastor is coming up now. Just make sure a real power couple is getting their source, their nourishment from the word, from the right place. A real power couple is not getting nourishment from, from walking with the wrong people. From walking with people that will take you away from what God is saying. A real power couple, you don't go and sit with scornful people. You don't go and sit with complainers and sit with, you know, backbiters and sit with people that are always... And you expect to be powerful. You cannot be powerful that way. A real power couple knows where to stand. I will stand in the midst of my brethren. I will stand where the word is. They don't just go standing with sinners. They don't just go. And when I say standing with sinners, you are living and doing what they do. And you expect to be the real power couple. Excuse me. There are couples, maybe not here, but there are couples whose, you know, their mission in life is to look like another couple. I want to look like Jay-Z and Beyonce. That's your ultimate goal. And then constantly you're looking for what dress to buy. Just so that you can look a little like them. Do you not see people who are even doing stuff to their bodies just so that they look a certain way? So those are your role models. Because what they are supposed to be the power couple. But you are the real power couple. You are the ones that actually carry power. Period. Let me call Pastor Eric. What can I say after all this? <laughs> Yo. Hallelujah. Turn to someone and say, that was powerful. Oh, amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for... I just felt like she should just continue. How many people felt like that? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know. Um, but you know, when the word is is hitting home, you 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 understand. You know, um, it's 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 so unfortunate that many Christians they're just Christians in marriage. And I want to say majority of Christians are just Christians who are married. That's all. There's nothing, there's no purpose. There's, let's just make money. Let's just raise children, have babies. Let's buy a house, buy a car. And that's all. Then we'll live and then die. What a tragedy. Yeah, but I know for us, we have a purpose. Amen? You have a purpose. There's a purpose for which God brought you together. Now, if you've lost it, go and find it. Okay? Because it's there. It is there. There is a purpose. There is a purpose. When you lose sight of that, then things begin to happen. And things begin to fall apart. Many, many of the challenges we face, let me tell you, there's no challenge you face that you are not able to defeat. Because the Bible says that God will not allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. There's no situation, there is no situation that comes before you that you don't have more than enough to deal with. But you have to learn how to access the resources of God. And it's right there within you. <laughs> right there. If you're married, you've got it. But you need to know how to tap from it. Yeah. So, what are the signs of the end times? How many people know when the end times? Um. Jesus made a statement, which I think I want to start with. And then we'll see how to tie some of these things together. Matthew 24. One of the signs of the last days. In, in verse 37, Matthew 37, yes. He says, but... but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And then look at the next verse. <laughs> Powerful verse. It says, For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking. Is there anything wrong with eating? Is there anything wrong with drinking? There's nothing wrong with eating. There's nothing wrong with drinking, right? We just had coffee and tea. There's nothing wrong with that. And we ate some muffins and some yummy stuff. So, there's nothing wrong with that. God has no issues with eating and drinking, okay? And marrying and giving in marriage. Is there anything wrong with marriage? No, it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with marriage. 
if there's nothing wrong with eating, and there's nothing wrong with drinking, there's nothing wrong with marriage, and there's nothing wrong with marrying. Okay? Because in Hebrews 13, um, I don't remember the verse now. In Hebrews 13, he says, marriage is honorable in all things with the bed undefiled. Okay? So, so marriage is an esteemed institution. It's the first institution God established. Before, before government was established, marriage was established. Before nations were established, marriage was established. Do you understand me? Yeah. Even before the church was established, marriage was established. <laughs> so, that's to tell you God's priority for this institution. So, there's nothing wrong with marriage. But, he says, as in the days of Noah... So shall it be. And those days, people were, before the flood, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. I think there's a, there's a version, maybe it's the King James, that says they were giving up in marriage. Do we have the scripture on the screen? Or? Okay. In the, in the King James. Show us the King James. What does the King James? Oh, somebody open it for me. How does the King James put it? Okay. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Okay, giving in marriage. There's a version. I can't remember the version. Okay. Anyway, the point, my point is that Marriage was esteemed above God's principles, above God's kingdom. So, in, as it was in the days of Noah, God's kingdom was not important. Eating was more important than the kingdom. Drinking was more important than the kingdom. Marriage was more important than the kingdom. And so, they got drunk with eating Drunk with drinking and drunk with marriage to the point that they missed, they missed it. They missed the ark because of something that is good. Are you getting me? Yeah, we're not saying they, they were doing something bad per se because eating is okay, drinking is okay. Marrying is okay, it's good, right? But they overindulged. And that is one of the challenges with our generation today. We idolize things that God gave us for our enjoyment. And we don't prioritize the one that gave us those things. You see, that's how are you going to be a power couple? Your power has been sapped <laughs> by your overindulgences in things that are okay 
but you have now made them sinful because they have now begun to affect your faith and your priority. They began to affect you. Some people worship marriage instead of worshiping God. I dare to say that. And that's wrong. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom must be the center, the purpose of your marriage. It has to be the core. At the core of your marriage, it has to be the kingdom. What is it? Because if it's, if it's, I mean, I, I thank God for romance. Where I learned it with time, but you know. <laughs> My wife was a good disciple maker. <laughs> yeah, because when we met, like she was telling you, when we met, I was so focused on the kingdom. And listen, romance is not what will build this marriage. It, the word is what will build it on. Yeah. And it got, it got extreme. She said to me, can't you be romantic? At least. A bit, a little. I said, look. <laughs> now, I'm not recommending that, but it worked for me. So, you know. But I was, to me, the kingdom comes first. So let's, let's not miss it here. We're coming together, yes. But we're coming together to achieve something. We're coming together because we're going somewhere. And I made, a commit, I made her to commit to me that, listen, God has called me. I don't know where I'll live. I don't know where in the world I'll be. If, we're, if God calls, sends me to the desert, will you come with me? And she said, yes. And the years have proven it. She abandoned everything and followed me. And sometimes I was... <laughs> yeah. It was very trying. But what kept this marriage together was the purpose. It was the kingdom. Hmm. Because over time, there was no food. There is no... No money, no this, no that, no this. All of that did not, was not able to break this marriage. It got to a point, I have to go to God and I say, God, look, honestly, you called me, but these children, what did they do? Huh? Let them at least have food to eat. Let them, you know... Let me suffer. I'm ready to suffer. But for them, let them at least provide for them. Leave me alone. Let me, you know, let me, let me. Because they didn't ask for this. So I had to go before God and start negotiating like that with God. But you know, she stood by me. When I'll be believing God for three rands to buy bread, those days. Three rands. Can you imagine? Three rands. Because bread was three runs at that time. You forgot. You didn't know. You didn't know bread was three runs. I was even believing for half a loaf of bread. 
I'm, I'm, I'm walking and I'm praying. May I find two runs? Sometimes I'm praying that I'll find five runs. I'm walking. It's not because I'm going anywhere. I'm just by faith trusting God that I will stumble over five runs. But through all of that, one of the blessings, what blessed my life so much is that she never said, complain to me. Not once. Not once. You see, when purpose is not in the marriage, if it's just about the butterflies, butterfly cannot stand that kind of condition. You can't stand that heat. You understand what I'm saying? And your marriage will go through heat. You will go through storms. You will go through the fire. But what will sustain you in the fire? Is it the good feeling? There will be no good feeling. You will look for it. You won't find it. Instead, what will come is hatred. Because you say, I was in my father's house, I was living a better life. I know the kind of standard. I, I know the, how I was raised. I never begged for food. I never liked. I never had this. And now you are coming to mess up my life. See? Yeah. So those, those are the kind of things that the enemy uses when you lose sight of the kingdom. When you lose sight of the purpose for which God brought you. You start focusing on things that are irrelevant. Things that have nothing to do with nothing. And then you start losing direction. And you start, you, start, you know, forgetting who the real enemy is. So you leave the enemy and you start fighting your power partner. You see, you see how it works. The enemy is crafty. He is crafty, but we must not allow him to win. Make it impossible for him to win in your, in your household. Tell him in my home, it's, it's, you can't succeed. If you've won in other places, it stops with me. It stops in my family. It stops in my household. And so because of that, come rain, come sunshine, there's nothing you can do that will shake this union. He has released all kinds of arrows. And he keeps trying. So many times, we just laugh it, laugh it off. Sometimes we don't even pray about some things anymore. Because just look, is this, it? Is this all? Let's go and face something. That's right. Sometimes we allow the flesh. That's true. The flesh is his entry point. Yeah, it's always his entry point. So, you know, the Bible says, the Bible says, um, if two agree as touching anything on earth, remember Matthew 18, 19. If two agree as touching anything on earth, say power. That is power. That, I'm telling 
we just there's since we got married, there's nothing we have agreed on. I don't, I don't, if there is, you can remind me, but I don't remember. There's nothing we have agreed on that God has not done. I don't recall. See, 29 years, not once. Not once. Not once. Then you follow the media when they show you some people at they say these are the power couples. And you think that that's a real power couple. You are the real power couple. You are the one that have the power. You have the power to agree and change heaven, move heaven, move hell, and ch- change things on the earth. What, what, kind of, what, what power is greater than that? If Beyonce <laughs> and Jay-Z are not born again and they don't have this revelation, money can't provide this power. Do you understand what I'm saying? Fame can't provide this power. It can't provide it. Yeah. So with all the billions, they're powerless when they face certain things. So who is a real power couple? That's right. That's right. That's right. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Because the media deceives us many times. They, they, put, they project certain images, but you don't realize that there is a reason for that. Because they want to break the power that you have. The power that God has already invested in you. And then they now bring these people who don't know their left from their right. They can't even command one demon to move. You see? So who's the real power couple? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So, if two agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be done for them in heaven. We've agreed about many things. Impossible things. And we've seen it happen. It's incredible. It is incredible when you start seeing the power of God's word unfold in your life and in your family. But see, that scripture... It's not talking about an emotional or sentimental oneness. You see, if two agree, that word agree there has to do with just, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I agree. No, you can't just superficially agree. No. This, there is, there is, there is a unity. There is a oneness. Okay? There's a oneness that is spiritual and otherwise. But it starts from the spirit. So in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, uh, I'm told I have five minutes. So Ecclesiastes, the, I think it's chapter five, where it says two are better than one. Where, where is that? Where is that? Ecclesiastes. 
Okay, chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one. Why? Hmm? Because they have a good reward for their labor. Okay, that's the power of synergy. Two are better than one. When God said to us, of, of Adam, it is not good that a man should be alone. Many of us look at that and we only look at it in the context of, you know, of uh, whatever, anyway. But you see, it is not good for him to be, to carry out his assignment alone. It's not good for him to carry his assignment alone. It's not good for him. Now, if God says something is not good, you can't say it is good. Okay? Yeah. So, they have a better reward. They have a good reward for their labor. So, your skills, your abilities, your graces, your your faith, everything together makes such a powerful force that can defeat any foe. Do you get my point? Yeah. So, you come together. Okay, love attracted you. Fantastic. That should be the foundation. But there has to be more. What else are you adding to that relationship? Hmm? You need to bring your faith into that. You need to bring your abilities into that. Is that not so? My wife has a way of making me look good all the time. And I'm just amazed. Because she was saying, oh, well, you know, I could live without her. Yes, I could that time because I didn't know any better. Yeah, I didn't know any better, you see. But now, you see, now I have, I have tasted, okay, and I have seen that the Lord is good. Yeah, I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. I can't even imagine it, being alone. It's a nightmare if I try to. If I try to think, it's like I'm having a bad dream. <laughs> I have to wake up quickly. Yeah, why? Because there's what she does with ease. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You need to know, my weaknesses are many. <laughs> Don't forget about how I look nice and when I sound like the way. You don't know how she helps me. Hallelujah. Yeah. So that's, that's the power of two being better than one. Do, but do you know that there was a time I believed that I was called to be alone? Yeah, there was a time like that. I said, no, I'm not called to marry. Marriage is not for me. I'm just called to be like Apostle Paul. I'm going to change the world. <laughs> and I have no time for all this emotional stuff. Just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. 
was, and, and, and even when we met, I used to intentionally irritate the opposite sex so that they don't even start having dreams. <laughs> yeah, I used to do it on purpose. I would do it on purpose. Just come around me. I just do things that will irritate anybody that is normal. You know? But then I went to visit one of these, our family friends. And, uh, yeah, God bless him. He says to me, son, the Lord said I should tell you to pray about marriage. And, and he says, he says, it's important for you to do it now. Otherwise, you're going to have problems in future. And he says, the anointing on you is going to attract the wrong people. And you need to sort this out now before that time comes. So when I left his house, I was driving, you know, from the south of London. I was going to my, to my place. I was so angry. I said, how can this man... How can he tell me? Did I tell him on to get married? Why would he tell me such a thing? Obviously, I couldn't disagree with him. You know, I was being respectful because he's an elderly man, you know. So, I didn't, I just smiled. But eesh, when I got into my car, I was fuming. I said, the devil is trying to use this man. The devil is trying to use... Why? I believe that I'm called to be alone and that it is good for me to be alone. That's what, that was what I believed. Oh. As I was complaining right there driving, the Holy Spirit said to me, but he didn't say you should marry. He said you should pray. Is there anything wrong with prayer? I said, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. Because my flesh rose up. But it was a trick. God set me up. Because the moment I prayed, something opened inside me. Oh my God. She says, thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, the thing to thank God. You know, when I prayed, something opened inside me. And I just started having the the need for companionship. I, I, I can't explain it. It's a long story, but that's where it started. Two are better than one. Two can make a power couple. You don't want to be, there's, there's a positive power couple and there's a negative power couple. Ahab and Jezebel were a power couple. But negative power couple misled a whole nation. I mean, you can't talk about power more than that. They change a whole nation, the direction of a whole nation. Ha! Huh? That is power. But it's the wrong kind. Why can't you be the couple that will change this nation? Why can't you be the ones? Why can't you be the couple that will change the marketplace? Why can't you be the couple that will change education, change health, change judiciary? Why can't you be the power couple 
that can change governance? Why can't you be the power couple that can change that community? Why can't you be the power couple that can change the schooling system? Why can't you be? There's more than enough opportunity to be the power couple that can change things. Do you understand? And like she said, being a power couple doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be pastors. No, you don't have to be pastors, but you can be powerful. Yeah, you can be powerful. I don't know couples that are misleading people on a global scale. You don't need to think far. You will just know. That you just, all you need to just look, you'll see. But you see, the real power couple are sitting in front of me here. This is the real power couple. The devil is fighting you. Let me tell you, your battles are because of, not because you are married, it's because of what brought, God brought you together for. That's why. That's why you're facing those challenges. That's why you're facing those battles. Why? It's because of the damage you, as a couple, are supposed to inflict on hell. And then the devil decides, before you strike me, let me strike you. And then you lose sight of the enemy, and then you start looking at your spouse as the number one, the most anointed enemy of hell. But that is, that is it. Don't lose sight of that. The kingdom first. So what you, after this session, what you need to do is now begin to pray and ask, Lord, how can we as a couple establish your kingdom in our sphere of influence, in our jurisdiction? How can we begin to rule as a couple? Hallelujah. As kings in this place. How are we going to do that? You need to start praying like that. If you haven't thought about that as a couple, start thinking. The seed is sown now. Start thinking like that. And start seeking God for understanding, for revelation, for foresight. And I know many lives are going to be impacted. Listen, those of us that are here are enough to change the world. Do you realize that? We have more than 12 couples here. Jesus changed the world with 12 disciples. 12 disciples. So we have more than 12 couples here. We're enough to change the world. But will the kingdom be the priority? Will the kingdom be the priority? Or will it be our comfort? Many people worship comfort. Comfort is a priority over God, over his kingdom, over his purposes. That, that's not why God brought you together. Comfort is a byproduct. The kingdom should come first. The kingdom should come first. You know, we'll deal with romantic things later, but the kingdom first. Establish the kingdom first in your relationship. When you establish the kingdom, romance is easier. But when you establish romance first, the kingdom is hard. You see? So that's where many times we miss it.
Because we are chasing the butterflies. And you want to build on a butterfly. You can't build on a butterfly. You need the kingdom. All right? So there are... Okay, time is gone. I'll take questions. Oh, just one question. Okay. Oh, all right. Any questions? Okay. No, I mean, apart from this. Okay, what if our close family interferes in the marriage and all problems start there? Good question. When I got married, the first thing I did is that I, I called my family and I said, okay, priorities have changed now. Okay? Yeah. We're still family, but now my priority has changed because now I'm building. I'm going to start building mine. So you won't be seeing me the way you used to see me. Okay? You won't have my attention the way you used to have it. So I just settled that right from the beginning. So you can accuse my wife of stealing my heart. It's okay. It's normal. Okay? So the, the reason why people have problems is that they don't know how to establish boundaries. They don't know how to establish boundaries. And that's one of the things we do in Primarita. We prepare you, we train you, we teach you how to deal with those kind of things. So you have to ensure, listen, your extended family, and we're Africans, so I understand everything about you, ex, the importance of extended family and all of that. And it's a good thing, but you need to put boundaries. If you don't tell them where they cannot cross, they won't know. So they will be crossing. And then you get angry, but you, are, you allowed it. So build a fence around your relationship and tell them, if you want to cross this line, you can't cross this line. If you get here, you have to knock. You have to knock before you cross. And you have to be given access. You get my point. And it's not that you are dishonoring them. You are honoring your marriage more than them. And that's okay. Because marriage is honorable in all things. You understand? So your spouse, apart from God, is your number one priority. Okay? So, Malibongwe, she's your priority. So if when they come, what do you do? You say, hey, just wait, 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 wait. No. Um, this is where it stops. Okay? So if they are from your side, you handle it. If they are from her side, she handles them. Okay? Don't, when they are from her side, do, you don't go and, because they will fight you. <laughs> you know? Then you'll be the bad person. But if they are coming from her side, and she handles it, she's of them. So they cannot look at her the way they would if you were the one. So you need that kind of wisdom when dealing with extended family. Okay? But don't allow them to meddle. If you need the advice, you seek the advice. But they shouldn't impose and start telling you how to run your family. If you allow that, God is going to ask you one day. 
That's a problem Adam had. He allowed the enemy to come in. And he didn't stop him. <laughs> you get my point. Whoever asked that question, have I answered your question? <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, one more. Okay. All right. How do you know your purpose as a couple? Good question. Number one, ask. How do you know the purpose of a thing? How do you know the purpose of a car? Do you go and ask uh, a farmer? <laughs> yeah. You go to the manufacturer. Who is the manufacturer? You go to the manufacturer. What is the reason for this car? Why, why did you make this? Then he would tell you. But if you go and ask a farmer, and he starts telling him about seeds and, you know, and seed time and harvest, you, you, it's, it's your fault. So the, the founder, the, the author of marriage is God. So how do you know the purpose of marriage? Go to him. How do you know your purpose as a couple? Go to him. Ask him. If you don't know. There are some of us that knew early enough, but if you don't know, it's, not, it's, it's better late than never. So now you can start seeking him, okay? Start praying. Ask God, what is the purpose? Or if you feel you had the purpose, but, you know, you need to sharpen it, go again. As a couple, decide and say, okay, we're going to fast, we're going to pray. We'll pray for three days. Just, let's just trust God. Whatever God is saying to us, we write it down. And then as a couple, we know, okay, this is it. Or you look at yourselves, okay? This, you, it seems as if your career is this way, your career is that way, all right? It doesn't, it, it's, it's, it's not a problem. But remember that your career is not your calling. Yeah? It, it, it can be part of your calling, but it is not. You were not born, not necessarily born to do what you are doing. Some of you are doing that and you are up, upset every Monday. <laughs> so that's, that's enough proof to me that that is not why you were born. You are doing it to put food on the table. So now you need to start seeking God as a couple. Then God will start speaking to you. God will start giving you inspiration. He will start giving you direction. And he will give you purpose. That career can now be used to harness that purpose. And together you move as a couple. And you start ruling. You become kings in that territory. Amen. All right. Have you learned something? Hallelujah. Who are the real power couple? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, let's just pray. Let's, let's, let's take a moment. Just talk to the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for what he's doing in your life. As some of you I know, okay, your spouses are not here because they are working or whatever reason. But you just make sure you go share this with them. Share with them. And make time to pray. 
as a couple. Make time to pray and trust God. Let's trust God. Doesn't matter the challenges you're facing right now. Don't be distracted by the challenges. The challenges are a necessary part of God's process to bring you to destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Talk to the Lord. Come on. Mighty God, Father, we thank you. Thank you this morning. We thank you for bringing us together. If you are not yet married, this is a good time to seek God together. Settle this matter. If you are married, that is fine. Ask God to realign your relationship to his purpose. If the kingdom has not been a priority, tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. We're sorry. From now on, your kingdom will be our priority in all that we do. Build that business. Build that empire. Hallelujah. Let that business be an extension of the kingdom of God. Let that marriage be an extension of the kingdom of God. Let your home, let that ministry be an extension of the kingdom of God. Whatever it is that you are doing, trust God. Let's trust God. Let's believe God. My Lord and my God, we thank you. Lord, my God, I ask that you'll do a work. Let the light shine. Let there be revelation. Oh, Father God, let your people hear you. Let every couple, let every couple here become a powerful couple. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, infuse them with your power. Lord, my God, give them, give them a vision. Give them a vision. Give them a vision. Those that lack vision, receive vision. Mighty God, I pray, I pray, I pray, O oh Father, that you will breathe over their marriages. And like was said earlier, you turn water into wine in a marriage ceremony. Your first miracle was in Cana of Galilee, where you took water that is tasteless, you took water and you turned it to wine that is tasty. Lord, I ask that there will be a supernatural work in these marriages right now. Let there be a supernatural work that will transform, transform their relationships from just mere tasteless, sweetless relationships to something sweet. Right now, I pray for that. I pray where they need strength, strengthen them. Lord my God, where the enemy has exploited, exploited one weakness or the other, Lord, I ask for redemption right now. That you will redeem, redeem every situation. Redeem every marriage, oh God. Redeem every vision that has been lost. Redeem every fire, oh God. 
that has been quenched. Redeem, redeem every passion that has that has been uh, has been quenched. Oh God, I ask, oh God, that there will be a, a stirring up right now. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Father. I ask for fresh, fresh, a fresh oil. Hallelujah. Mm, my God. You said a threefold cord is not easily broken. Lord, I pray that you will be the third person in their marriage. You will be the third person in that marriage. My Lord and my God. That will make it impossible for them to be defeated as a couple. In the name of Jesus. No matter what challenge they are facing right now. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, for a divine fortification. Lord, my God. Lord, my God. Let there be a release. A release. My God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, just say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that has come to me today. I believe your word. I receive your word. From now on, your kingdom becomes a priority in my relationship. In the name of Jesus, I receive supernatural transformation in my relationship. I receive fresh vision. I receive fresh passion in the name of Jesus. The purpose for which you brought us together will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. We declare, if your spouse is there, hold, hold his or her hand. Right now, I want to speak over that. And if he's not here, just with your eye of imagination, hold that person's hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, with your eye of imagination, just hold that hand. And right now, Father, we declare, we declare a release. We declare a release right now over this marriage, over this relationship. In the name of Jesus, we release your power for yours is the kingdom. We release your kingdom over this relationship. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. We release your power over this relationship. Lord God, and yours is the glory. We release your glory over this relationship. In the name of Jesus, Lord my God, let every weapon formed or fashioned against this union against this relationship. Be crushed in the name of Jesus. Be crushed right now in the name of Jesus. Every potential that has not been tapped. Lord God, every potential that is still hidden. Lord, we command to be unlocked right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord my God, I, I declare a good reward for their efforts a good reward for their labels in the name of Jesus. 
I declare that this relationship will be fruitful. Exceedingly fruitful. In the name of Jesus. My Lord. My Lord and my God. We're not just talking biological fruitfulness. We're also talking about fruitfulness in every area. Although it includes biological. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Your ministry will be fruitful. Your business will be fruitful. Your career will be fruitful. In the name of Jesus. Your family will be fruitful. In the name of Jesus. You will expand. You will grow exceedingly. You will be strong. You will be mighty as a couple, as a family. You will be strong and mighty. You will be a force to be reckoned with in this generation. I declare that over you in the name of Jesus. When the enemy comes against you in one way, he will flee in seven directions. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare right now, when the enemy comes against you, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him. God will raise a standard against every enemy of your progress. In the name of Jesus. No curse will work against you. In the name of Jesus, I release the blessing of heaven over your relationship right now. In the name of Jesus, the dew of heaven. As the dew descends every morning over the earth, so the dew of heaven will descend over your marriage. In the name of Jesus. The dew of heaven is going to refresh your marriage on a daily basis. From now on, in the name of Jesus, the dryness is over. The dryness is over. I curse every dryness. In the name of Jesus, I release freshness. 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 Fresh inspiration. Your love grows stronger. Many waters cannot quench love. Nothing will quench that love. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. I release upon you the necessary wisdom to build, to build, to build, to build. In the name of Jesus. I release upon you the necessary understanding to establish, to establish, to establish in the name of Jesus. The understanding you need to establish God's kingdom. The, the understanding you need to establish God's purpose. Let it be released upon you. Let it be released to you. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I declare that the good things of life will not be scarce in your life. You will have all the good things. You won't chase them. They will chase you. In the name of Jesus. You won't chase prosperity. It will chase you. 
You won't chase health. It will chase you as you prioritize the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every spirit that has been assigned against your marriage. Every spirit that has been assigned against your relationship. Right now, by the authority vested upon me, I terminate that assignment. In the name of Jesus, I speak as a king and as a priest in God's kingdom. By virtue of the authority vested upon me, I command every, every strategy, every mystery, every conspiracy against you to be crushed in the name of Jesus. To be crushed right now in the name of Jesus. I speak strength. Be strengthened with might by your spirit, by his spirit in your innermost being. Be strengthened in the core. The core of your relationship will be receive supernatural strength. Strength from above. Strength from above. I release it over you. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. I see there's somebody that's like. It's like there's, there's, there's been confusion in your relationship. I rebuke that. Get out. Get out right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That confusion was sown by certain voices. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you give your ear to. Be careful who you give your attention to. They will sow the wrong seeds that will affect your marriage. Lord, I ask for discernment. I ask for discernment. Give them discernment in this day and age where there's a lot of deception. They will not be deceived. Give them the ability to discern every trap of the enemy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Show them from afar. Let them see the enemy from afar. Let them spot the enemy. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, my God, I declare that. Lord, you will use their spouse to cover their blind spots. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Where you, where you, where you cannot see, your spouse will see. Where your spouse cannot see, you will see. I declare that over you. In the name of Jesus. Where the enemy used to creep in through that blind spot. From now on, he will not be able to succeed. Not anymore. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Where there is need for healing, I speak healing. Where there is need for healing, I speak healing. Whether emotional healing be healed. Physical healing be healed. Mental healing be healed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Spiritual healing be healed. Receive it right now. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.